0: One of my aha moments for myself is that I'm really good at being there and getting the world of my kids, my friends, my husband. But sometimes things would come up for myself and I would be like making myself wrong. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't want this.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and health coach, Ellie Rome. So for those of you new to this podcast, Welcome. My name is Ellie. I used to be a huge sugar addict and binge eater. And I know how destructive that was for my life and finding food freedom. It was just like, oh my gosh, I have to help other people do this because I felt like I just had my life back. I had not even back. I just had my life because I'd never felt that way before. I had my life had always been consumed with food or dieting or binging and it was so draining so to break free from that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to help other people do this." And that is what birthed this podcast and what made me switch my career from an engineer to a health coach. And so now being able to have coached hundreds of women to do this, it's just like ah, everyone needs to know these tools or at least everyone that's dealing with struggling with food or emotional eating or um sugar addiction. Like you can break free from this and it's one day at a time and Radical self-compassion. You're doing a great job. Keep going. So for this episode, though, um, it is Valentine's Day. So let's start with that. Um, I And even if you're not listening to this on Valentine's Day, these tools are still super effective and helpful. Okay, so Valentine's Day quick tips before we dive into the episode. Biggest thing is that if you're going to indulge today, to release the mentality that this, because it's a holiday, that means that it is an excuse to binge. That is a common mindset. I always use holidays as a days to binge. That was my patterning, and it's it was just like, oh well, it's just for today, so I'm just gonna, you know, eat all the things, and then tomorrow I'll start again. But that mindset just has us end up feeling like garbage, um, and then can cascade into weeks of poor food habits, poor energy, because we end up binging on a bunch of sugar, get on the blood sugar roller coaster. Then tomorrow you wake up feeling crappy, your don't feel like doing the workout. It's You don't have the energy to actually make the good choices or cook the meals. And it's just, it's this cascade. So we can nip that in the bud by recognizing that pattern and saying like, okay, no, this food is always available to me. I can always eat chocolate. I can always eat ice cream. Like, how do I want to feel today? Like this day is about love. How can I love myself so much today? What would that look like? And if you do want to indulge, like amazing, can you slow down? Can you up-level your sweets? So like some of the brands I love, you know, 70% are greater cacao content, dark chocolate. And things like Cora Cow Chocolates that are all real food ingredients that are low sugar that won't put you on that blood sugar roller coaster. There's so many simple swaps. I mean, like the Keto Cups by Eating Evolved are so good. I like the coconut butter ones. Um, things like Lily's Chocolate. There's like a dark chocolate salted caramel that like on these, you know, these quote unquote special occasions, to not even specialize it, but if you do want to eat something sweet, like to up-level it because it still feels super indulgent and just to slow down, whether you up-level or not, even if you're going to eat like a big heart of chocolates, um, to slow down with them, to really be with them and to enjoy every bite and breathe and find other ways to indulge today too, like non-edible forms of indulgence. So that could be like, go take a hot bath. Maybe sleep in and like, let yourself do that. Let yourself not have to do chores today. Maybe break free from your routine and just like not try to do the thousand things on your to-do list that you may feel compelled to do. Um, maybe it feels indulgent to make a big steak. <laughs> and that, that feels, that always feels indulgent for me. Oh, I love steak. Um, maybe it's yeah, hot bath, massage. Maybe you treat yourself to something that you've been wanting for a while and you buy that thing and you're like really excited about it. Um, But to find other ways instead of food to be the source of soul source of pleasure or buying yourself flowers, that can feel really beautiful and indulgent. And also, you know, if you are going to indulge with food, again, amazing, slow down, enjoy every bite. And what I like to do is, and you all have heard me on this podcast talk about this, but it's the post-indulgence ritual. So when we're eating things that are Like chocolate, even if it's Lily's chocolate, even if it's these keto cups, like they still, for most of us, especially if you're a sugar addict, that they still light up the brain and they still give us this dopamine hit and we want to keep going. So you take a bite and your brain's instantly like, I want another one. I want another bite. And then you finish the package or whatever. And your brain just wants that next itch. It wants that next bite. Like, give me more. Let me open up another one. And that can lead to a binge. And so being proactive about that, knowing that about yourself, that's what happens. So again, slowing down, breathing, don't eat these things under stress, like get yourself into a calm state before you start eating them. So you can be present and actually let your brain experience the experience, but this post indulgence ritual. So once you finish the portion that you feel good about, find something else to go to have a hot tea readily available for you to drink or a coffee or a, for me, it's always sparkling water helps me so much. Like a cold, crisp, sparkling water. Um, maybe in right after, go brush your teeth. Like give yourself something instantly to do. Give yourself brain something for to reach for to A, signal that this thing is done. But again, also to direct that dopamine hit because it's going to want something. So you've got to give it something. Otherwise, it's going to just be in this like limbo period where you're trying to resist the willpower to not go get another bite. But that can backfire. So Find the post-indulgence ritual for yourself so that you can move on and you don't overdo it. Because that's how we start building control and and mindfulness around these indulgences. And again, to to up-level so that you're not eating a bunch of refined sugar or things that really, really hijack the brain, which make it so much harder to not go after that next bite. And that won't just like have you crash and then you're like super craving them like 30 minutes later or an hour later. So these um, more keto friendly, lower carb, lower sugar, real food, ingredient foods will can still nourish your body and won't put you on that cascade of sugar cravings. And again, reframe that today is about love, love yourself. If I really truly and deeply love myself, love my body, what would I do today? How would I behave? What would I want to see from myself? Just keep coming back to that and take time to pause and sit and, and, And maybe the indulgence is a meditation where you can just sit and lay and listen to some, some sound bowls on YouTube. (laughs) That's always one of my favorite things to do. Um, It just completely calms the body. And then you're, then you're not even looking for sugar because a lot of times we're looking for sugar because we're stressed out or especially Valentine's day. If you're listening to this on this day and you're single, like that can spur up some emotions and it's like, let me just go numb out with food. So how can we, but that's like paying twice because then you're going to feel most likely eat stuff that you don't, actually serve you and then feel guilty or just feel sluggish and slow and gross. And then that just keeps you at this low vibration, which just attracts all of these low energy feelings and thoughts. And then we're like just in this whirlwind of, of negativity and it's just latching onto more things to be sad and negative about. So we can get ourselves out of this by heating high energy foods, get yourself in a higher vibe state, do things that feel good for you, that lift you up, that focus on, gratitude, focus on what you have, focus on how you want to feel, how you can show up in this world, what you can create and keep that momentum going. All right. So that's a little Valentine's rant for you. And I hope it's helpful and to have compassion for yourself again. For this episode, I'm so excited to share with you an interview I had with Laura Haver. So Laura is a, a communication, happiness, and play expert. She is also an author and a coach. And I was so excited to have her on here because. Most of the women I coach, like 80%, I would say are moms. And the patterns I see amongst high achieving women, whether they're moms or not, is the feeling that one, everyone else's needs come first. So not making themselves a priority or their health a priority. Um, They feel like they don't have enough time to do all the things that they quote unquote need to do or enough time to care for themselves. They have a perfectionist tendency and lack self-compassion. So, you know, they don't do perfectly then like that's what is fixated on or um, just a lack of communication of needs, feeling like they have to do everything and that hard to ask for help and hard to communicate their needs and even even be honest with their needs to themselves. And all of these kind of patterns fuel emotional eating. And a lot of times we don't even see those connections. It's just like, I'm eating and I don't know why. Why do I keep self-sabotaging myself? And connecting it back, we, we walk it back and realize, oh, I didn't realize it's because I... I'm feeling resentful for this thing. And I'm numbing that emotion out with ice cream. Like it's crazy, the connections and how often we are eating emotionally and just have no idea that we're doing it. So I'm so excited to, to have this interview with Laura today, because she talks, we talk a lot about this, about how to realign your life and how to prioritize play and prioritize yourself. And It's not easy, but it's one day at a time. And again, coming back to that radical self-compassion. So I'm so excited for you to hear what Laura has to say and to connect with her. And I would love y'all's takeaways. If you can always DM me on Instagram at mindfulbelly or shoot me an email. I love everything you guys share with me. It's so fun to connect with y'all on here. And lastly, before we dive into the episode, the April 21 Day Reset is officially opened up for registration. So if you are looking to reset your health, to transform your habits and to really step into that best version of you. You can register or check more details out at mindfulbelly.com backslash 21 day reset and the early bird ends March 1st. So make sure to get signed up before that date. And yeah, any questions, email me at ellie at mindfulbelly.com and let's go to the show. Hi, Laura, I'm so excited we finally made this work and happen and I'm really excited to pick your brain.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm excited to be here. I know we connected before and we could, I feel like we could have talked forever. So I'm excited today to get a chance to, you know, take that conversation a longer and, you know, see how we can, you know, help some people that are listening and just, you know, have some fun along the way too.
1: Totally. Yes. Yeah, so to begin, if we can just dive right in, if you could share who you are, what
0: you do and how you got into that work. Okay, well my name is Laura Haver. I'm a mom. I'm a communication, happiness and play expert and I'm a author and a coach. So I just I think the way I got into this is just I just love this stuff. Like I've just naturally been studying this for since forever. Like when I was a kid, my nickname was Play Play Maloney. So like that was my maiden name. Like my parents would go, "Oh, play play." And so I've always just been interested in play and trying to keep that alive through different venues of coaching I worked as a tennis coach for many many years of, of kids and I, I my, I just like really honed my philosophy of teaching through play so it's really learning through play kids are just playing but they're actually completely learning and then taking that as I got older and transitioning that into working with women as well and and families and just like the, the idea of um bringing play to life and not just thinking that it's a, a, a childish or adolescent concept, but the amount of, um, fun and freedom that play has. I'm not, you know, so I can expand on that as we go, but that's sort of a little, a little tidbit about it. Yes.
1: I love this. And how did you get into like coaching women specifically?
0: Yep. So coaching women, I, I've just, I love, I like, you know, when you were talking to people, I'm sure you found this for yourself when you were working in your other position and you were starting your business on the side, right? It's like, you just naturally find yourself doing that in life. Your friends were sort coming to you for these things. And it just is like your natural expression. So the more that was happening for me, um, I had a transition in my life where I was going more full-time as a professional beach tennis athlete. And then some things happened with that where um, a big event that we were gonna be playing and promoting got um, moved out of um, San Diego where I live. And it just like opened up a new time for me to really focus more attention onto the coaching. And so it's been really fun. I've been working with fitness studios and yoga groups and just anywhere where there's like groups of women and offering them my um, signature programs. You know, short, I have like a short session where we look at, you know, how to shift your life and then a little bit longer one where you can align your life to what's important to you and all these different frameworks and tools that I've just studied because I'm kind of like a research nerd and I just want to figure it out for myself. But so now it's really been fun the last little while to be sharing it with others.
1: Yes, okay, I definitely wanna dive into these frameworks and like the tools that you use. And to start off with, what were the mom, like you mentioned, like people just start coming to you for stuff, like what were they being challenged
0: with? What were they wanting help with? Well, a lot of the moms, because my kids are six and eight. And so a lot of the moms that I'm around are the moms that have the elementary age kids who, For a while, they were, you know, full-on mom. You know, you have to be 24/7 mom, you know, or whatever, 22/7. Maybe two hours of the night where you could sleep on your own and not have be interrupted. But where you you have this moment where you have suddenly like a little bit more space. And this is this was more pre-COVID, where there was a little bit more space, right, available than maybe there is now but where, where they'd be like, well, what should I do now? should I go back to work or should I, you know, pivot my career or should I, you know, what, where it's like, I like to call it moms on a mission. So it's like, you know, whether it's a working mom or a, um, a mom whose mission is something like building a community garden or, you know, build, you know, volunteering for PTA. It just, these, these things were always coming to me. And so that's what I just, I love helping people figure out what the next chapter is in their life and, where they can get their energy and light so that they can give that energy and light back to um their family and their friends you know i've learned that firsthand that's my next book i'm going to be working on i'm really excited i've started interviewing ladies for it it's like those moments when you just lose yourself and whether or not you're a mom i'm sure everyone experiences this you know or maybe not everyone but most people i know i did where you um you just get caught up in whatever you've been doing, you know? So if you're just in mom mode and you're like, you know, you're wearing your pajamas still, you have your hair is back in a messy bun. You've got like, you know, like a state like your kids spilled juice on your shirt. And it's like, you get lost in that, you know? And so it's like, how can you come out of that? And in that case, you're just really able to be so much more for your family. You'll be able to be a leader and, and helping women with these easy frameworks, you know, to apply. is just something that I'm really passionate about.
1: Yes, Laura. Oh, this is so powerful. I, a lot of the women that I work with that listen, and I know that listen to this podcast are a lot of times like emotionally eat because they're not being fulfilled. They are stuck mm-hmm. in these loops, and it's like, how do I get out of it? Well, let me just numb out with food. I'm not satisfied. So I'm going to use food to, to satisfy mm-hmm. those needs. And so, but when we can step back and a lot of times it feels like, oh, I need a diet. I need to do all this, but it's like, that's not addressing the root cause. And that's mm-hmm. why diets fail. And so it's like, let's step back. What's not being fulfilled? Where are you not getting play? Where are you not like going after your passions? And I can't tell you the amount of people that I've worked with on like diet, but we end up, it's like, they leave their jobs. They are like, it's like, I'm not a career coach, but that's what it comes back to. It's like eating patterns are not because you have a food problem. You have a life gap or just something not out of alignment. And so what do you, what do you see, I guess, like, what do you recommend as far as your frameworks for someone who is just like, oh, I feel stuck in these loops. I've got juice on my shirt. Like, I don't know how to get out of this.
0: What are the yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great one. If anyone wants, they can go to my Instagram page. I have a free, um, alignment audit. I call it like your alignment snapshot. So you can get this free exercise. It's really simple where you can get like a Snapchat, like or, an overview of like your overall alignment. I don't, I'm not a big fan of saying like, let's have the super balanced life. um, Because I think that puts a lot of pressure, like everything needs to be so good. So if they're going to look at your overall alignment, it's just think about what's most important to you and then make sure those things are strong. You're never going to have like a perfect day where you're going to eat perfect. You're going to exercise. You're going to be, you know, having great with your relationships. You're going to be on fire in your job or, you know, so it's basically like taking some of that pressure off and and then really looking at intentional living and there's i have so many resources i also have um on on my blog i have an article the six steps to intentional living and that's something that really helped me early on in my momhood to make sure that i was filling my time with things that are important to me you know there's so many things to do and as no matter what you are there's just there's things flying at you i'm sure you understand like you you know you have like getting this email and then you have this thing you need to do you gotta take your shirt to the dry cleaner you Gotta, you know, like, I don't know, you gotta try to like plan a fun date for our next weekend or, you know, like there's so many things. And so it's like making sure first you're putting in what's important to you. Um, but those are, those are that's not a good first part. So I'm just giving you guys some different tools that came to my head, but really the best bet for a starting point for anyone listening, who's just like, ah, pulling out your hair and listening is like pick one area of your life that you're ex- you'd, you'd be like excited to make a change in, right? You're like, oh, that would be fun. Not something you should do. If you think you should do it, throw it out the window and don't come back to it until you get some momentum, okay? So like come up with one thing that you would want and then think of something fun that would make would be easy and small. Some one small thing you can do. You know, like in the last group I worked with, um, one of the things that people added was, I'm going to eat an apple every morning that's it, I'm gonna eat an apple. You can start as small as I'm going to um, eat one slice of an apple. You could say, I'm going to buy an apple at the store. You know, you can be small and then you just do it. And then you celebrate that fact that you're doing it. And then suddenly you're like, I'm a person that eats apples every day. I, I'm getting a healthy start. You know, So there's a lot of fun ways you can tweak it. But in my experience, and maybe it's just because I love to live my life through the context of play, it's just make it something that's enticing to you, that you actually want to do, that you can feel, you know, excited about. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And
1: I want to dive into this aspect of play. And I love what you said about like, give some, do something that's going to give you like a positive momentum boost that you can then direct that energy because you're going to get fun energy from it. Yeah. And then you'll want to do maybe the thing that doesn't feel so good, but they talk about this in like law of attraction. Like don't focus on the thing that's like causing you so much grief and like, uh, cause that's just going to like, that's not going to, going to keep resistance in your life but if you can like get that motive, like fun motivation energy like then you can redirect that into the
0: things that maybe you are a little bit harder yeah and so, I would say make it make it something in the morning put something in the morning if you're going to start a new one because there you can take that energy like you're saying and you can springboard on that through the day you know something small and easy something that's like an easy win an easy win for you and then you've got to take time and you know, pat yourself on the back, like one that I did, because I noticed in the morning, I love to just wake up and drink tea, right? I got my tea still going. It's like, it's 1140 almost in San Diego and I've still got my tea going. So I wake up and I make sure that I also have this, I drink a cup of water before I drink my tea. So that became one of my little habits that I created just to make sure that I was getting hydrated. So I have to drink that in order. She was like, I put the tea, you know, I I boiled the kettle and then I pour myself a glass of water and I drink it.
1: Yes, that is so good. And, and I love what you said about like the celeb- like celebrating those little wins. Like that's gonna, it's so important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause you wanna feel like you're doing what you wanna be doing and you wanna be feeling like you're being pulled forward into something. You know, I, like I said, it's like, what would, if, if, the, if the aspect is health, what would healthy Laura do? Or what would healthy Ellie do? Or you just substitute your own name and then you're like, oh, it's not like, what should I do or what do I have to do? you know, or what shouldn't I do? I mean, you can use this in the reverse to, to cut out bad habits, but I much prefer starting with the, the things you want to do.
1: Yes. Oh, this is so good. And that statement is so great. What would healthy Ellie do or what would healthy Ellie, will Laura do? Um, yeah. And so for this like aspect of play, why is
0: play so important? Why do you focus on that so much? Well, play has a way of lighting up your whole day. So the cool thing in in study after study is that it doesn't have to be a big piece. Like I'm not saying like go spend a lot of time of your day playing and I'm not even saying you have to do something that you might even consider playing. Like you could go if like you love nature, even just pausing and looking at flowers outside or taking in the sky, like that could be an aspect of play for you. You know, what I, what I always advise people is just look back to when you were a kid and what did you love? You know, like <laughs> it's sort of embarrassing, but I love Barbies when I was a kid, like I love Barbies. So I'm not gonna, as an adult, go and just sit and play Barbies, right? That would be bizarre. I mean, I could if I wanted to, but it's like, how can I recapture that? So one of the things that I liked about Barbies is I like imagination, creativity, but I like relationships. So that's where I noticed for myself, for me play is hanging out with people. Like even right now doing this interview with you is like total play for me because I just love getting to share this stuff and have this conversation you know so it's like being creative about play and finding ways that light you up and you're doing it just for the sake of doing it just for the fun of it there's no pressure there's nowhere to get you know if you think for all the moms out there or people out there that you know have been around kids they're not playing to like get somewhere they're not trying to like accomplish something they're just playing to have good old-fashioned fun you know so it's like I think as adults we get so serious and we think we have to do that that we we lose out on the, the like the childlike wonder you know that we can really keep going and keep existing through adulthood absolutely
1: and I like these examples of these like small little things to start doing like just looking at a flower looking at the sky and really like taking it in As are there other examples that you find that work for for people that are really busy. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um so like one of my clients I was just talking to this week, um she's really really full. Like she works full time, she's got her kids at home on virtual school, and so she is just going crazy. And so one of the aspects cuz she wanted both connection with her family and I like to design these things where you can triple threat, right? You can sneak in movement, you can sneak in connection and you can sneak in play. So she started going like after lunch, they go for like a five minute walk, you know, somewhere where they can be together and they can just look at, you know, be outside and have these conversations and just having that together time, you know and they can take a different topic or make it a scavenger hunt or, you know just sort of make it like, especially in that instance you can like follow your kid's lead um, in ways to make it fun, um, so that's one instance. Um, I'm trying to think of another good, a, a lot one that comes up a lot of times is dancing. I think that you can take these little dance breaks um, very easily and quickly, you know, and that's something you can even incorporate into your day at multiple times, just to shake up your body and loosen it up. If that's something that spoke to you, you know, as a child, or if, if that fills your play bucket,
1: yes. I recommend everybody go put on music and dance there's something especially if you're in a funk like oh my gosh how much I can instantly change everything if you I know for myself it does maybe yeah it's no I know that's so so funny
0: yeah I was in this um unstoppable summit last year and it was so funny at the end we like turned it into a dance party and we're like like dancing you know that's part of my i just i think bringing silliness and lightness is just you know part of who i am not everyone is. that's not everyone's self-expression but finding your own personal self-expression of play and you know finding small ways to to test it out each day absolutely
1: and so for, like for you like
0: those cold plunges like i think something about that seems playful i haven't seen your videos for that and you guys are like out there you know it's like you're like a team and you know to me that really looks like a um, an example of play
1: oh my gosh laura i love that you said that um it absolutely like this morning we did it and it was like the, <laughs> it was like the coldest it's been all year it's 30 degrees here and it really did like i've been giddy all day Made my entire day. It felt like an adventure all morning because we were like, "How are we going to get there?" The the car's frozen. Like, and it was just like all the worries about other things, bills, emotional stuff, like all that is out, and it's just like this fun adventure that I get to have with like people, and we're just like, try. It was just yes, exactly what you say. It's completely. It's creating a new memory. It's like what feels like what makes life worth living is stuff like that
0: yeah and I can see it on your face like your face just lit up as you're thinking about it and as you describe it you see how it was just it doesn't even matter how long it is like even if people have these small little things that they're like oh that's fun and that's exciting and you want to like when can I plan that again and it's like fun adventurous Ellie and it's like how can I do that and it's like you know just getting outside of the box of being responsible and having to feel like we're always working it's you know it's just coming at it a different way. And the cool thing is it really does spill over into all areas of your life, you know? Yes. And so I think one of the, some of the biggest pushback I get when like
1: suggesting this stuff is like some, just that I don't have enough time. I'm way too busy. How could I ever take that amount of time for myself? Or, or so I want to talk about that piece. And then the other hand is like, I don't know what lights me up. Like there are mm. so many women that are just like, I don't know what's fun for me. That I can actually do. It's COVID. I can't do anything fun. So what are your, I guess, both of those arguments? Well, how can we? Okay, wait, so let me write
0: these two down because it was um, no time and yeah. don't know, right? Okay, that's right. Okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with these um, pushbacks, right? So no time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Could there be please add like maybe 24 hours more every single day so we could just all get done what we can get done. Um, but you know, I've I've gone back and forth with that myself and like being like, I wish I had more time, but it's really just, there's only 24 hours every day. Everyone has that, it's the same. So we really wanna look at what are we actually doing with our time? What are we putting in? And um, that's where that intentional living piece really comes in. But I would challenge people, if they are saying they don't have enough time to look at their phone and look at their social or look at their screen time report and see if they can take five minutes off of that and put it into something fun for themselves you know and um i think that you can see once you start doing that the benefit that you'll get right and you can so then you're like okay fine laura i can maybe carve out five minutes but what i don't have that spark i don't know what i should do you know so then then i would say i really lean into Uh, what let you up as a kid? What did you like? Did you like to draw? Were you always doodling? Did you love writing? You know, do you love horses? Like, what is it that you were drawn to as a kid? And then find some small way to try to experiment with that right now. You know, because that's their best first start or just something that you think, oh, I'd really like to do that. Maybe like out in the future, you know? Like some people have those things. They're like, oh, maybe I'd like that, but I just, I can't do that right now. So those are like two places you could look from yes. in your life.
1: Thank you for that. Absolutely. And what do you feel like the mindset shift has to be for somebody, for a mom or just any high like achieving woman that just feels really busy at work to actually prioritize that? Like,
0: What do you think they have to shift in their mindset? Hmm, that's a good question. So what do you need to shift to... Well, I guess that what I would say back to that, what I would say, well, how's it going right now? You know, how is it going with however it is that you're doing? Is it working for you? You know, do you want to keep going like this? And if the answer to that is not really, you know, to any version of no, (laughs) um, (laughs) then I would say just give it a shot for a couple of days and see what it, what it opens up for you, you know, because, I know people, they don't want to do, they don't want one more thing to do when they're already packed, you know? And so that's why I, I try not to look at it as something to do that you have to do. It's something that you get to give yourself. It's like a gift, a gift to yourself. I guess it sounds kind of cheesy, but. Um, yes.
1: I think absolutely to get, need so many more gifts to ourselves.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's like what Dr. Chris says. And a lot of people, you know, we're the scientists of our own life. So just try it on and see if it works. If it doesn't move along and try something else, you know, but I think if you choose the right thing from your pat, like from your play that I really think you'll be able to see some um, result or some impact in your life. Yes. And then and same thing, like
1: back to the energy thing of how much when something like that, you're carving these moments out that give you energy because you're getting the joy. It's like, we don't actually, I don't know if we actually need more time. It's like we need more, more energy and like to divert into that time. But if we're just like drained all the time because we're doing stuff that we hate and not making time for ourselves, then like we're not actually being productive or really have the energy to
0: give more, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. From the happiness research perspective, um, I think that a lot of times we have this fallacy where we think that success makes you happy. Once I get, reach this weight, or once I hit this job, or once I get this boyfriend, or whatever, then I'll be happy. But the research really finds that if you're happy first, then you're able to get to your successes. So if you're focusing on and and you know it's it's weird too. We have all these uh, misconceptions where we think. If we have all these other things, it'll improve our happiness, but it really shows time and time again, it doesn't, you know, so there's simple things. And I know you work with your clients on these things all the time, like mindfulness, meditation, you know, exercise, just daily, small, small daily habits, getting enough sleep or working towards getting more sleep. These things are so they, they all seem like foolish to think that they'd be because they're just the kind of obvious, right? But if we are putting our attention there. That really can help snowball our effects, you know, in what we want to accomplish, what we want, not even to accomplish, but what we want to be, what we want our experience of the moment to be like, because there's always more to do. There's always more to create. And, but just like, how can we settle into the now and feel like grounded in that we're doing what's important to us, even amidst some things we don't want, like we might not have the perfect job or the, anything like, you know, what we, but we're still like, we're doing our best right now
1: yes oh I love this so much um how do you feel for so so for someone that is in that kind of state of like uh, oh I'll be happy when I reach x or y what what can they do to start shifting that perspective of being able to accept and find happiness in this moment
0: right so one thing I really say is like it's find out get really clear on what your values are what what's important to you and then um what, what can you do? What are you doing that fulfills that? Or like, what's your normal day look like? And how much are those things in your regular day to day? Like if you're, if you're thinking that something that to you is like family time, but yet you're doing all these other things. And then you're just like rushing through dinner and, you know, scrolling your phone or do whatever you're doing, you know, like, are you making time? You don't have to make a ton of time, make like a small 10 minute connection time, or, you know, just like looking for ways to align what's inside of you with like what you're actually doing, you know, like look at your calendar. What are your appointments? Like, what are you doing? Look at your finances. Where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your money and your time? And do they match up with what's important to you? Those are really good places to audit. You know, I do a lot of auditing in the beginning of my, of my courses where like a time audit. Like I said, the alignment audit, just to get clear on it. Cause I feel like, you know, we just go through life. It's so busy things just come at us. And so taking the time to be like, where am I actually spending it? You can open up a lot of time in your day. And my clients have really been able to experience that. It's really fun to to see those shifts.
1: Oh my gosh. I bet I need to do it. I need an audit right now. I've been feeling that it's just crazy where yeah, time does go. and It's like, wait a minute. What do I actually, what are my main priorities? How much time am I actually putting into those? Oh yeah no not nearly enough
0: uh, right and then you look at what your low priorities are and if you have like your low priorities with the high time spent then you're like you know it's like this cool little graph you know and then you can look you can see it and you're like oh these two are good these two need work and then it's like you know um and in our little home gym we have this poster action removes doubt right so if you if you're in action and you're seeing what's happening you know it's like you need to go for your well check this is like your well check on your time and this is your well check on your alignment then you have real information and you're not just in this world of i don't know because it's easy to stay stuck if you are in this world of i don't really know or i can't do it or it's overwhelming but then you're like well, let's just dive in let's take the first step and let's see what we can do and then you can move through it so if anyone's interested in any of this they can always reach out to me um personally um you know i'll put my information but um, again, I, I just, I'm kind of a nerd about it. I just, this is stuff I've like been researching for decades and, um, I just love putting it, uh, putting all these different frameworks together.
1: Yes. I think it's so important to actually look at the data, like you're saying, and it can be so overwhelming to think about actually taking the pause and doing that so it's like i'm just going to stay in this fog and not actually look at it i mean i do this all the time so i'm speaking i'm not judging anyone else i do this in, diff- in different areas too it's just like it feels kind of uncomfortable kind of stressful so i'm just not going to look it at that
0: thing and i'm just going to go right. and i'm just going to go eat some something instead because right. it's like happens. yeah it's like i can't do anything about it oh here's my to-do list it's forever ah i'm just going to go chill and like grab whatever's in the pantry. And that's just, you know, everyone, everyone's done it. Everyone's done that, you know? And so it's just like trying to find ways to make it easy. And also like, you have to keep doing it. You can't just do it once and be done because we all know things change. So it's like continuing to like, if once you learn the frameworks, you can just continue to reapply them into different seasons and new chapters of your life.
1: Yes, and I'd love to dive into the frameworks if that's okay with you. Yeah, so- yeah. Um, and then even actually before that is also just like just to highlight what we just said like that impulse to that it's almost like a feeling of discomfort in the body that instantly leads to avoiding avoiding with the food like we mentioned or with Mm -hmm. or with like tv it's like i don't want to look at this thing and so like to be able to to catch like asking yourself like what is my pattern of avoidance where do i try to just numb like how can I sit mm-hmm. and just push through? And I guess, do you have
0: any, any advice for, for that, for people who? Um, well, that was like gold, what you just said. It was totally gold, right? If you can come up with your typical pattern, that's money because the thing that happens is we have these things that go on and they're basically just little brain trips or brain wires and we just keep replaying them over and over, but often we do them and we don't know we're doing them. We just think this is who we are this is what we do like i can't change that this is me when this happens i go pour myself a glass of wine right but once you can start noticing it and naming that pattern you might be like reaching for the wine and being like oh i notice i'm doing this in which case then you can stop and pause and then you can evaluate do i want to do this yes i do or do i want to do something else maybe i want to take a deep breath before i do it or you know there's little things that's what i've been sort of trying to work with and like if I want to go have something at night and be like okay am I doing this because I'm hungry or am I doing this because I'm trying to get some little escape or some little reward pattern and I'm trying to come up with healthier ways all the time to continue to deal with those for myself you know and knowing your patterns there's so many things like I don't know if you're familiar with I think we might have talked about Enneagram there's so many um free tools you can access online to find out what they give you clues On your, you know, your personal self and like what you do, you know, like I know I'm a Enneagram seven. And so in times of stress, I go to perfectionism. So I want everything to be perfect. And so if I start like doing that, it's like a a little like red flag for me. Okay. Laura, look out what's going on. And how can you, you know, how, what can you, what can you do instead? How can you try to handle this and with healthy, healthy um, behavior rather than coping?
1: Yes. Oh, this is so good. I'm an enneagram seven too. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's that's Um, that's awesome. And I think, yeah, that is so powerful just to know yourself and be, and not to judge those patterns. And it's just like that awareness is that first magical
0: step. Right. That's the blind spot. Once you can uncover your blind spot, then it's like, oh, then you kind of have freedom of choice. Whereas before you're just doing it, you know? So for everyone listening, like look to see what are your go-to patterns? Like, what do you notice yourself doing? What's something that you would be like, oh, maybe I could try something slightly different and then just try it once and see what it feels like, you know, and keep trying it. If it, it, you know, you might not get it the first time. Just keep messing around with it. Oh, that's so
1: good. Thank you for saying that. And because sometimes I think when you, you do become aware of the pattern, it's like, okay, awesome. And then you trip and take the old path like 20 times and you're like, dang it, I'm messing up. It's like, no, you're, you're building that awareness. Like just keep trying every yeah. time and it'll be yeah. easier. Yeah.
0: 100%. I've been making the same mistakes over and over or falling into these same patterns. And I don't think that you can expect them to totally go away, but you can expect yourself to create better um, blocks, building blocks around it to help you go the direction that you want. You know, that's why I like the, the new club I'm starting on Clubhouse, the Unstoppable Moms Club, it's not that we're not going to get stopped because we are, we're going to get stopped, but we're not going to just be like, well, I guess that's it. I'm going to give up. We're just going to keep pushing and persevering and leaning into our community and leaning into our, you know, whatever resources we have, like listening to your podcast and, you know, all these different ways of reaching out and saying, I know I'm, I know I want something like this. I'm going to keep trying it. I'm going to keep going. Yes. And do you have any specific patterns
1: maybe that you have overcome that were challenging to you as a mom in the beginning?
0: Hmm. Well, one, I think it definitely spoke about a little bit was just feeling like I had to be a 100% mom and kind of just being mom and not being Laura. I like guess I don't want to talk in third person, but you know, it makes it clear what I'm trying to say, I guess is just, you know, finding the things that light you up. And it wasn't until I stumbled back on on beach tennis which was I used to play professional beach tennis like 10 years ago and it like the the, um, the tour kind of stopped and then like 10 years later I found it again like being competing and now it's part of the ITF the International Tennis Federation tour and I started competing again and just having that confidence to not even confidence because I don't think it was it was the desire. Like I had to have this really huge desire to do something to feel like I could get out of just being mom. Like I wanted to be the best mom I could be. So I felt like I had to like pour everything into that. And so finding this this old love came back into my life with the sport, competing, it was such a big deal. I couldn't turn it down. So suddenly I was training, I was traveling to compete and and that really helped pull me out. And that's why I really want to help other women with this because not everybody is going to have this crazy situation to show back up in their life, right? Like, it's like, I'm an athlete and all of a sudden there was this chance to be competing for this pre-Olympic event. And it was going to be in my hometown and it was going to be this huge uh, global um Ant-Op world beach games. And it was like, I'm going to go for this. And so that's why I really want to help people that don't have that, just to realize you don't need that. If you, you can, you can pull into what lights you up, you know, and, and, and that will feed the loop for your energy, for your family, regard you still have responsibilities, you still have things you don't love or don't really want to do. But, but if you find these little pieces that you could, you know, sprinkle in, you know, like we said, they'll light will they'll have this um, exponential effect.
1: Yes. And how did you accept that so like i'm sure i'm not a mom but i can only imagine just like the like perceived like oh i can't do i can't take this time away from my kids or like actually do that for myself like how did you manage
0: that what did you believe in order to allow yourself like no I'm well bit- the number one yeah the number one thing i had to do was talk with my husband about it and and reset boundaries right because up until then I was just around, it was just me, you know. I would be home, I was a stay at home mom. And so it was working with him and, and making sure that we were a team. You know? So I always would say, because I have a, you know, my background in communication as well, just like bring these things together. You know, don't say, hey, this is what I want to do. You just like bring it to whoever is in your world. If it's your husband, your roommates, your, you know, whoever is in your world that this is going to impact and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think about this? And what how do you think we could make this work together? And this really means a lot to me. And here's why. And and you, you know, like working together as a team. You know, that's what I write about in my book like as a family. I think we're all a team. I think parents are the coaches and the kids are the players and we all learn from each other. We learn from our kids, we learn from our, you know, they learn from us. And so setting these boundaries is huge and having clear communication about it not just because then you feel guilty that's where you can eliminate all that guilt is if you're open and you really talk about it
1: yes and I definitely I remember us talking prior to the podcast like a couple weeks ago about this concept of a family looking at it as a team and like your coaches so how does that differ from like a classic family maybe like normal perspective like What's the difference? Can you,
0: yeah, well, so I think more historically it's opening up and it's shifting, but it's more the parents are the authority and the kids are the subservient. And although it's definitely true, I'm not saying that parents, parents should definitely be the leaders but in my experience in working with kids and in communication, you get way better results if you're working together as a team, you know? And so, and, and in my experience of, of teaching, You learn from your students and and if you're not learning from them, you're really missing out on a big opportunity to continue to grow and to evolve yourself and whatever you're trying to teach them. So working as a team is like, if, if I need to do something and my kids are not that psyched about it, I have to explain to them, well, we're a team and this is why this matters. And this is how it impacts you. And you can only explain so much to kids because it kind of goes through their heads a little bit, but you know, it's like building that rapport and building that concept of we're doing this as a unit you know and and I value you and your feedback and your experience you know I'm not making them wrong for whatever they're feeling and then showing them the same way for me and you know with my husband how we communicate with each other yes and how
1: do you feel like that going about it like that how do you feel like that changes the way your kids show up
0: well they're more willing to um be open to try things yeah, I'm not saying that it's like perfect and simple. Oh, just say you're a team and it's just so easy. But they, they're like, they get it, you know, they get it. And I can honor them in what they need sometimes. And um, I think it just works. It, it really works well. I, I, I can't imagine like, do this, you know, it's, they get it. They want to, they're, we want to work together. And I think that helps us create things together. I feel like I'm not explaining it that well, but. <laughs> you are, you are. Okay. Absolutely.
1: This makes total sense. And what do you feel like for for somebody that like doesn't have that dynamic right now? How can they start kind of move into that dynamic?
0: Yeah, so if you feel like you're one direction, I would just check in with your kids. I would say, hey, you know what I noticed? I noticed that recently, I feel like it's a lot me asking you to do this or me, you know, whatever you're doing. So you like own what you've been doing and then what's that been like for you? And you get their world. You say, how, what's that been like, does that work? Like, is that working for you? You know, would say, how would you like, how can we, if we're we're a team, how can we, how can we solve this together? You know, versus, you know, I'm gonna do it and you have to follow along. Cause I wanna teach my kids creative thinking. I wanna teach them problem solving. I wanna teach them all these things. So I try to bring them in, you know, like one of the new games I'm gonna post, I haven't posted it yet for my challenge we've been posting games for kids and and families during the, since the the beginning of the COVID outbreak is, uh, but the new game I haven't posted is called Clean Sweep, right? So normally when you go around the house, you know, kids inevitably leave their stuff everywhere. And I'd be like, pick this up, put that away, And I got so tired of saying that, you know? So I just made up this game where it's Clean Sweep. So all of a sudden I'll say, oh, Clean Sweep. And we'll all work together as a team and we'll straighten things up. We'll all go put like three things away. And it's not like me telling them to do it because I'm doing it with them, you know? And I don't know. It just, that's sort of a taste of what I like to create. So it's like coming up with ways where you can be involved. You can still be the leader and you can be, you know, showing the kids these ways, like teaching them these skills through like a more fun context.
1: Yes. What other games have you found really effective
0: that have like helped take kind of stress off of you? Well, there's a lot of games like when emotions come up strong. One of the games, one of my early games, I actually, I don't think I have the challenge either but it's in one of my other books is when my little guy, when he would get upset, like even back years ago, I would pick him up and we go look out the window and we would look for birds. I know it sounds ridiculous, right? But it's just the act of like being close and like being with nature and just calming yourself down. right? So I have a lot of mindfulness games you know, like I have rain, rainbow breathing where you take a deep breath and you draw a rainbow and you do basically four square breathing where you inhale for a count of four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. And I like to combine it with um, drawing. So you have little rainbow colors and you draw boxes. And they're just ways to um, make calming techniques fun. Not like, hey, you know, be calm or take breaths or just ways to engage the kid's mind and, and connect with them and, and teach them these underlying principles of mindfulness and meditation. But there's also a bunch of silly games too, you know, like four pong where you like play ping pong on the floor, you know, with your hand and a little ball and, you know, ski ball and, you know, gratitude bracelets or friendship bracelets. And there's, we have tons, ton, we have like over 60 games so far. You, know, you can find all those on my Instagram. That working is- on a book for those two. That one's hopefully, I'm hoping to get those, my two first books published this year.
1: That is so awesome. And for those of people who are listening who are new to mindfulness or meditation,
0: what um, can you explain what, what is mindfulness to you? Okay, good question. For me, I'm going to, this is not like a scientific description. This is what it is for me. So for me, mindfulness is reconnecting with my like present moment in my body. Like instead of being like running around, oh, I need to get ready for this interview. I have to finish my homeschool stuff with my kids. I need to make sure that they have a snack before I come on here. It's like, reconnecting, you know, taking time to like be in the present moment. And one game that I do with the kids that I also have on my list to do is, you know, your five senses. What do I see right now? What do I smell right now? What do I hear? What do I touch? Whatever you guys know the senses, but that's really useful. Especially I find that useful for my kids too, when they're feeling like frightened, that one seems to help. It gives them off their other concept and onto something different. And I do that too myself, you know, all the things I do, I try to do them myself as well, but you know, I resisted the meditation practice for a long time. I can't sit still, I can't do it. But then as I studied more and more, like the results of meditation, the, the research was too powerful for me to ignore and I finally had to do it. So I think I'm on like almost like a two year practice now of just doing it and it's made a world of difference. So, you know, find a, there's so many different types find one that's the easiest and most welcoming to you and, and just give it a go. And if you have any questions to reach out to me as well, because, you know, it's, it makes a big difference.
1: Yes. Oh, it's absolutely life-changing. And what did you, what did you find when you started meditating? So, I mean, that, that, that rebuttal is so that's what I hear too. Like, I can't sit still. I've tried yeah. it before. It didn't work. Um, so yeah. What do you tell people about like what, how, I guess that someone very brand new, what would you advise them to start with? Or what would you explain meditation as?
0: Sure. Okay. Well, meditation is an opportunity to let your brain slow down, to stop your thinking brain and to just practice getting like having no thoughts and letting your thoughts pass through you. Okay. So that's a very, that's my own little funny definition of it. But um, I would say look into the different types of meditation. Like there's Guided meditation. There's, you know, loving kindness meditation. There, I, there's so many types of meditation, and and see what works for you. Like I always thought meditation is like I sit down in a chair and I have to sit there and breathe quietly and not think. That was no way I was doing that. And I was like, so I really got into guided meditation. I use the Calm app and I just love it. I just like upgraded it to the lifelong subscription because it's so amazing and there's so many things. There's even a kid section, um, and there's also a new another new kids meditation course coming out soon through Ziva, Ziva meditation, which I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. Um, But find what works for you and make it small, make it small, and then just test it out on a small basis. And, and, and it's okay if your brain wanders, the days my brain wanders are the days I need to do it the most. Some days I sit there and I honestly, I don't, I think I have thoughts the whole time and that's okay. It's just the practice. Some days I get so chill and my whole body feels like amazing. But it just depends, you know? And that's how life is. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier, you know?
1: Totally. I think that's so good for people to hear that there's no such thing as like a bad meditation. You just, your mind's all over the place. Like, that's okay. It's the fact that you, like, it's, something's happening. Even if you don't feel like it is, like it is. Um, what What kinds of meditation do you like? I personally, right now, I've been doing a lot of um, TM. So like Vedic meditation, which is like the, kind of mantra based meditation it's a uh-huh. twice a day practice and i've just like oh my gosh that changed my life that's um, amazing it it's just it's crazy because once you i do the mantra you you receive a mantra are you familiar with the practice that kind of practice uh-huh yeah um and i think it's similar to ziva meditation she's kind of like
0: yeah. she there. does have them at the end <laughs> the mantras yeah. at the end
1: yeah and so it's crazy because once you like do the mantra so many times like i think I've practice now for over a year it's it's a year this month um happy anniversary <laughs> yeah happy anniversary. I did actually text my teacher. um so but it's so weird because you do it so many times and then like right when I come into the mantra it's almost like my body just drops in it's like it's mm-hmm. like a cue now mm-hmm. but at the beginning it wasn't like that um and so it's why I've done this with clients with like giving you give them a song and like if they just listen to that song every time they sit to meditate and maybe they're just breathing with the song then you condition the mind to into that calm state with the music so maybe it's like an instrumental song um so then they can just then after months of doing it they play that song and instantly it's like whoosh, like you're just you catch that zen state um but i love like the apps i think they're so powerful for um for especially in the beginning to have someone Just guide you. You can do like I love guided light meditations, just like the light Mm -hmm. body. Yeah, for sure. Body scans. Yeah. That's what
0: I was gonna say. Body scan. I think body scan is a really great introductory meditation because you are like being present in all zones of your body, and it really helps to calm your thoughts in a way where it's like a great a great first step. And I do that with my kids a lot too. If they're having a hard time sleeping, I'll either lead it for them or you know, they'll do it. I remember being pregnant actually, even before I had like a regular meditation practice and I would do these when I'd be nervous about giving birth, I would do, you know, the body scan meditations to just calm myself down. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
1: And so for, yeah, for meditating with kids, how did, how do you go about that for like brand new, like they don't know meditation if they never read before, how do you go about that?
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could start. You could get books where books, there's a. I I forget the series. I'll try to give it to you and I'll, and I'll put it for the notes of the podcast, but there's this great series of like yoga and breathing and where they like make meditation fun for kids. Like imagine your belly is, a, is like the ocean. And then imagine there's a boat on your belly and you want to make the boat, like rock the boat. And then you want to like, you know, and so there's just ways to make it fun and playful Um, And I'm always looking for different ideas. So if anybody out there listening has ideas, you know, let me know. Um, I'm always interviewing people and, and trying to share as much information. That's why I said I'm always testing out different calm or, you know, different apps and meditation practices and, you know, just trying ways to make it fun and accessible to kids. And you can do it together. You know, you can do it together with your kids. Like sometimes now my son will just ask for it. Hey, can we listen to the Thomas the Train meditation? Like, there's different emotions that it comes from. And I'm like, yes, it's so cool. Like, my six year old is asking me to meditate. I just wonder what it will be like for him when he's grown up, having started this practice. I just got it in a few years ago.
1: <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. All our lives would be so different if we had had it at that age. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to ask you too for. I think I saw a post on on your Instagram which sparked this. Um, just for the ability to express your needs. I feel like that's one thing that often does lead to emotional eating is like the ability to actually truly communicate your needs to your partner, to your family, to kind of like what you mentioned with the coaching uh, or like that coaching dynamic with your kids. But how do you
0: start being able to communicate your needs? What would you offer there? That's a good question. And it's it's a really great question because in order to communicate it and express it to other people, we really need to be able to communicate it and express it to ourselves. And in writing my the, the World One Parenting book, one of my aha moments for myself is that I'm really good at being there and getting the world of my kids, my friends, my husband, but sometimes things would come up for myself and I would be like making myself wrong. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't want this. And like bringing my you know, I call it the three C's of row in communication, but like bringing that to myself was a game changer and I'm still working on it. I think everyone is. It's like how to accept ourselves where we're at, how to be clear with where we are and then being able to, to communicate that with the people in our life, you know? So for people listening, if you're really not sure, start journaling, start writing it down, do drawing, do whatever your best method is of getting it out of yourself. You know, you can get the stuff that can come up in meditation as well. It's a side, fun side bonus. Um, and getting clear and, and being okay with wherever you're at. Things are hard. Things are crazy. It's not going to be all bells and whistles. Or you, I, I, I have like a real problem with mixed metaphors, but um, I always get a mixed up and wrong. But, you know, It's okay where you're at. And and once we, the more we can accept where we're actually at at the moment, the more we can move through it. If we are like, oh no, I can't feel like this. I can't think this. Unfortunately, we just shove it in your body and then it comes out in some other problem way. Or we just never can move through it. We get upset. we get That's where we get really overwhelmed and busy and stuck, frustrated. And so just be giving yourself the, imagining like how you would treat your best friend. When you tell that to your best friend would you be like sorry ellie you can't do that you can't be feeling that way you think like, oh i get it you feel frustrated right now that's right what else what is that like for you and just let all that emotion come up and let it come out and then you can move through it if we just keep bottling it up we're just going to live in it you know and there's there's there depending on the depth of it you know if that's where finding a coach someone you can work with or a therapist, depending on what, what it is that you need, or even just like a good friend, you know, someone that you can work through this stuff with, you know, and getting a little clear on it too, before you bring it to your spouse or your partner, where you can take some responsibility for it and say, Hey, I, I'm, I noticed this. And I, I could really use your insight. or I could really use your help. I, I have really leaned on you before in this, and you've really made a difference for me like acknowledging the people in our life and Building them up and letting them take part and lifting us up.
1: Mm, that is a beautiful way to communicate that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And so I want. And you mentioned three C's. Is that what you said? Three C's. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It- so it's um, it's calm, connect, and coach. So when I was writing it, I was thinking of compassion first. But I something I like compassion. Don't get me wrong. But something about compassion has this kind of to me this element of oh, you have to take compassion on that person or you know what I mean? So I think calm is more like the state of acceptance for what it is, okay? So so if you can bring that calm, it doesn't mean you have to feel calm, but you're trying to to bring like acceptance to what it actually is in the moment, right? Then you can connect with that. You can understand, you can get their world. It's the same if it's yourself. You can understand why you feel that way. You can validate it. Oh, I, I know why I feel like that. That makes sense of course I want to feel good right now. I'm running around like crazy. And, and when I, you know, eat this thing or drink this thing, it makes me feel good. I really just want to feel good right now. So you can just get what's so, and let it, let it be and let it pass. And then the, the coaching, um, uh, when it comes to kids, you can totally just coach your kids. I often coach them once they've calmed down from an upset, not right when they're upset, cause they're not going to listen to the coaching. Um, but if you're coaching an adult, make sure you ask permission to coach them. Sometimes people just want to be listened and validated. They just want to call them and connect. They don't want to be coached. Right. Um, so you can ask permission for that, but for yourself, you, once you get it, then you can coach yourself and say, Hey, that makes sense that I feel like that. That's normal to feel like that. But what can I do? Like, how can I move forward? Who can I connect with? Who can I talk to? But, you know, then you can start, if you're not making it wrong, then you can do that. Like action steps that we talked about kind of earlier. Like, Hey, how can I, how can I tinker with this? How could I try to change this or not even change, but how can I, what can I do that make a difference in this area for me coming from a place of self-love and accepting that it's okay where you're at. Might not be where you want, but you, you know, it's okay.
1: This is so good and so needed. And, And I love the framework of it towards yourself and towards your kids or towards a partner and um that important point that we're not when we're in that like anxious state or fight or flight state like that's no time to try to offer coaching like you gotta get into the even to ourselves if we're like freaking out and just trying to fix 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 fix
0: um it usually backfires Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's going to be in the it's in the whirlwind parenting so that will be coming soon but it was really fun to write it and and just have that have that moment of reflection, like, oh, I'm totally doing that for everybody, and and ever since then, it's like we talked about, like the like, what you brought up earlier, is like noticing your red flag, like noticing your pattern. So when I get to that, instead of making myself wrong, I could say, oh, that makes sense that you feel like that. Of course, you would want that, and then look to see what can I, how can I approach it differently, or you know, what's something else I could consider.
1: Yes. Do you have a specific example for that? Have you coached yourself through something?
0: Well, okay, so we've been stuck, we've been stuck at home, okay, for example. And like my son is like obsessed with basketball and like he, he like loves to play basketball. And I always like want to find somewhere that he could play basketball around our house, right? There's just nowhere. We, we don't have any space for that. There's nowhere for him to play. And for a while I'd just be like, oh, oh, you know? And then finally I was like, well, of course I would want that. You know, of course I would want that for him right now, but it's okay, you know, it's okay. We can find other ways so coaching myself to find you know now he has this like tiny hoop he can play in his bed you know it's not like i don't know it's maybe not a very good example but it's just like giving myself the grace to be okay with wanting these things that that maybe seem foolish and silly right <laughs> you know because often i think when you're get stressed you go to these little things and you know like my dad always said when you're down little things bother you more and if you keep making keep making myself wrong for that it's just going to keep circling around they're like, Oh, it's okay. And then look for alternate ways. What else I could do? You know, maybe find other ways to have him get exercise around the house or, you know, come up with other strategies that will serve the basic need and just accept what is, because you can't always have everything that you want, because we all know.
1: Yes. Thank you for that. And what prompted you to write the book, the whirlwind, what the whirlwind parent book?
0: Well, I was, I have another book that I've been writing. I started it when I was before I was pregnant, or when I was pregnant, or, no, maybe before I was pregnant with my first son. So now we're talking about over 10 years ago. And then I got pregnant, I had the baby and I put that book on hold for a while when I was in my mom mode. And once I stopped with the, the heavy promotion and competing with the beach tennis, then I pulled that book back up. And so it's games to help with happiness. And mm-hmm. as I'm writing it, I really this one just sort of spun off and it just sort of came as a way to help Um, you know, parents, especially with everything going on to use all these tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and just share it with other people. So I'm really anxious to get it out there. I feel like it's, you know, it has tons of practical examples and tips, plus, you know, like frameworks and funny stories. If anyone has any funny stories of their parenting, I'm trying to mix those into, you know, like the time that my one friend couldn't find her, her daughter kept having one shoe. And then one day they noticed she would be like dropping a shoe out the window when they're driving, like they noticed it. And they're like, why does Emmy only have one shoe all the time, you know? <laughs> Just these funny parenting stories. So if anyone has one, send them my way. That's so funny.
1: Um, yay, and so I guess to kind of wrap things up and recap, what would you say for someone who is looking to kind of realign their lives, a mom or busy woman, Like what are your first, what would your
0: first three pieces of advice be? All right. So to align your life, you want to take stock of what's so, right? So do some type of audit, figure out like your overall, you know, grab my audit, um, my alignment audit, and then like, look at your time, like do do that, like figure out what's going on for your first step. And then number two would be um, pick one small thing that you would like to do for yourself and practice that in a very tiny level every day. And then number three would just be, you know, I was gonna say compassion right after I just said that thing about compassion, but just like give yourself some love and some acknowledgement if you feel like frustrated, just at least come up with one thing that you actually, like. you're proud of that you really did. And if you have to dig down something small, like I put the laundry in the laundry machine today, and just celebrate the tiniest things and just, Keep finding things to celebrate about yourself and the people around you that are important to you, and just watch—is that like gratitude and, and that celebration? Like, just let that lift you up.
1: Beautiful, Laura. This is so good. Yes, to all of this gratitude, especially gratitude and acknowledgement. I think like that what we focus on expands, and that's so true.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gratitude is, is like my favorite. That's my number one. Um, hack for everybody practice gratitude practice it with your kids and you know it really it literally reshapes your brain and the cool thing is it's not what you're actually grateful for it's the act of scanning your life on the lens of gratitude so just like look for new things that you're grateful for don't just say the same things over and over because that is it's just amazing what it how it can change things like when this stuff happened my kids we've been doing it every night they'll say three things that they're grateful for and they would be like I'm grateful we have our home which was a big deal in the beginning of all this when we're just home all the time you know and so just like training ourselves to find the good things first because you know our brains have this negativity bias, and we're just looking for these things all the time it's just natural so we can counteract that with gratitude
1: yes oh this is so good
0: and then- yeah, I could talk about it for so long. People are probably like, okay, I it. but you know, it's just, like I said, it's a real passion and, and, and just really for people listening, just start small, just start small and give yourself props. And, you know, if this, if the things I'm saying resonate, I have a blog, you can, you know, I just post different things all the time with the new, different research and things, you know, so I try to make a lot of resources for people, whether or not they want to work with me. Like I like to just give all this stuff out there to the community and to the world.
1: Yes, beautiful, Laura. And I will definitely put that all in the show notes, all of your resources, your books, your coaching, everything so people can connect with you.
0: All right, well, thank you.
1: You're so welcome. And where can they, what's your Instagram again? If people want to reach out. It's Laura
0: Laura M. Haver, H-A-V as in Victor, E-R. Yes, amazing. Yep, so you can find me in Clubhouse and on Instagram. I'm still working on my Pinterest. And um, yeah, and my website is laurahaver.com. Yes. Okay. And then my final question, this is actually, I don't know why this came up, but I'm
1: going to ask it. Um, what would you say like five years ago, if you were looking at yourself five years ago and all you've learned and you could give that five year ago version, one piece of advice, what would that, what would you tell her? I would say be
0: present and be yourself.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful.
0: Short, short and sweet. And, and the first time, my first short and sweet <laughs> answer to wrap it up.
1: <laughs> awesome,
0: Laura.